Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 168 of the podcast. It's the 20th of March and the first day of spring, 2019, as I record this intro. This week, I have a super fun conversation with Joan Karp. We talk about her fascinating journey to unschooling, what she found challenging about de-schooling. Uh, we dive deep into the teen years, uh, what she appreciates most about having embraced unschooling, how her passion for sports weaves into their days, the new business they've started recently, and tons more. As a personal update this week, I'm probably back to 90% operational health. <laughs> Got a bit of a lingering cough and, and some stuffiness, but it's all good. I have been having fun this week researching and writing podcast questions. I actually have three calls in the next week or so trying to get ahead a bit. Um, so the process has some more room to breathe because there are a surprisingly large number of moving parts to producing a weekly podcast. And last weekend, I had fun starting a dream book. I focused on my top three priorities for this year, uh, my health, my business, and my family. And I wrote about why they are important to me, what my dreams are for them, and the habits and tools I'm using to help me along the way. Of course, it involved lots of colored pens, pictures printed and pasted in, and hand-drawn graphics where appropriate. <laughs> and I'm going to continue writing and adding things as the rest of the year plays out particularly the little bright spots that happen along the way. I find that's such a better mindset from which to approach my days. Uh, we'll see how it goes. And I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support my unschooling work like this podcast and my website through Patreon. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Their generous support is truly vital to helping me freely share information and inspiration with anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now let's dive into my conversation with Joan. Welcome. I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Joan Carp. Hi, Joan. Hi, Pam. Hi. Uh, just a little introduction. I first met Joan at a Childhood Redefined Summit event. Almost, it's been three years, Joan. <laughs> but I am really excited to chat with her today and learn even more about her unschooling journey. And to get us started, can you share with us a bit about you and your family? Yes, thanks. I can't believe it's been three years. That was a <laughs> magnificent event. Um, so my name's Joan, and I am the mother of three children, um, a daughter who's 20, a son who's 18, and, a, and another son who will be 15 within weeks. Um, I've been 
uh, married to a lovely man who so supports our lifestyle and unschooling move um, for about 23 years. Uh, We live in central Pennsylvania, rural, rural, rural. Um, We've had chickens and bees and bunnies and dogs and cats and gardens and blueberry bushes and elderberry (laughs) bushes. um, So uh, it's very rural here. Uh, which sometimes comes to a surprise to some of my other friends who alternative school in sort of different locations. But um, uh, yeah, so I have a growing family, certainly not the chubba toddlers of some of my friends who are just thinking about how they might school, but ours is growing. And um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a perfect lead in. So how did you discover unschooling and what did your family's move to unschooling look like? Um, that is a really great question. Um, and this might seem like a bit of a non sequitur, but as I was thinking about this question, I think that my move to unschooling actually started, I I birthed my children at home and I realized this isn't a home birth show. I birthed them at home. And I think that, um, that just doing that outside of the, of the mainstream or what's accepted as normal without me even recognizing it at the time set me up to be fully prepared to embrace schooling in an alternative fashion. Um, I really discovered unschooling though, when I went to your summit, I, I realized I was sort of dabbling in it, but I kind of just thought maybe I was doing homeschooling wrong. I kind of thought I was doing it wrong. Um, And when I went to your summit, which is really interesting, I have to tell you how, how impactful and meaningful that was to me. I never spend money on myself. I just have, I don't. The fact that I saw that, that come up on my social media feed and then I registered for it and then I went and then I met you and Anne and Anna and other parents. It was amazing. So that was really my first introduction to unschooling. Um, But we'd always been alternatively schooling. Even my kids were never in an actual public school. When they were little, I started them off in a... um, a cyber charter school. So it was a public school online. And at the time, well, my oldest is almost 21. So at the time it was brand new and it was sort of like you just got some cool curriculum and you got to play with it as you saw fit. And that kind of model of using that curriculum lasted four, five, six years. But as more and more people started to become interested in charter schools and online education, um, tighter and tighter and more, um, more specifics, more regimentation came. Mm-hmm. And I realized, Ooh, that just didn't feel comfortable. That wasn't what we wanted at all. Yeah. Um, and then we sort of moved into, I guess, uns- homeschooling. But again, I jokingly say I felt like I was doing it wrong because all of the other people I knew who were homeschooling had like to some degree, almost like a mini school within their home. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, I can't really be honest and tell these people that we're doing things far more freeform, far more um, following what our kids are interested about so or interested in. So uh, when I came to your Unschooling Summit, it was a massive aha moment. And, wow. and that's, that's actually how I – and so the last three years, it feels like, it feels like forever. It feels like forever because it's just – it's allowed us to live so more fully. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like it it just became a little bit more intentional 
rather than I'm not doing it so well. I'm not doing homeschooling well. Now I am intentionally unschooling. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And maybe I just needed the, maybe I needed the language. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, you, uh, you all actually gave me the, uh, the freedom and the encouragement to sort of live the way we had wanted to, mm-hmm. but that I just didn't know, I didn't know there was a thing for that. Yeah. Oh, that's really, really cool. So this next question will be interesting then. So I was going to ask, I was asking about the most challenging area of de-schooling for you and how you worked Mm. with that. So maybe, you know, from even back then when you, uh, you know, after your home births um, and you decided not to go to public school, you know, and to start with the, the online school, which is really cool hearing the history of that, how, you know, it was originally here's here's some stuff play with it and then as it got bigger they got more regimented with it that was a really interesting history but anyway so as you were going through those kinds of transitions what was it the area that you maybe found most challenging to um to maybe embrace um i think this is where I have had the most growth. I don't know if my kids have, but for me, it was letting go of a lot of shoulds, letting go of the idea of shoulds, um, relinquishing a sense of worry. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I grew up in a family, very loving, but there was always shoulds. This is how, this is how successful people should. This is what smart people should. This is Mm -hmm. what people who care should. And there was a lot of shoulds. And then around that, always a lot of worry that, well, if you, if you make a decision or you take a path that isn't on this should path, oh my goodness, what will happen? So letting go of the shoulds and relinquishing so much worry have been my biggest challenges for de-schooling in general, mm-hmm. de-schooling from, again, it started maybe when I de-schooled from birth yeah. and then it continued as I de-schooled from literal um, school. And I, and it's been awesome. It has, it has made me have to rethink and, and, and wrestle in a beautiful way. So many things. I mean, I am a richer person for having, for having a- adopted this, lifestyle, mindset, philosophy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sure does. Yeah. I often call it a lifestyle because that's, that's it, right? After you, mm-hmm. um, after you thought through the shoulds of, of education, right? Of school and, mm-hmm. and found another world. Isn't it incredible how everything else slowly opens up? Because then you notice the next time you go to do, oh, and, and it's a should that's just totally ingrained in you. But then for the first time, you're like, huh, I wonder. And you just start to question it. And then the next thing, it's like a snowball, isn't it? It is a snowball. You're right. I wonder, you know, I've always done, I've always done, I've always thought, I've always imagined, but I wonder, and then suddenly an entire world of, I wonder, and it's both exhausting and exhilarating. (laughs) And I have to say that I kind of feel like our lifestyle of unschooling has maybe impacted me more profoundly in that I've had, I've needed to, or I've had the opportunity to let go of things in a way that will just be normal for my children, which I'm really proud of. Like their normal will just be being open and following themselves as opposed to wondering who they really are. 
Oh, I think yeah. that's, that is such a big component of it. It really is so much of our work because we um, absorbed so much growing up, you know, about all that conventional wisdom and knowledge um, without questioning it. Like that was the, one of the big things, right? It's, this is how mm-hmm. it is. We don't question it. This is, this is what we do. This is what we should do. These are our paths. You know, pick one of these five paths, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Whereas because our children haven't grown up, it's not like our children's lives are easy or anything, right? right. But their challenges are the challenges of reality, not of a frame, an artificial framework that's been put on top of it, right? Right. Their challenges will be legit challenges as opposed to wading through fears of like, did I shoulds. And the other thing I just, I wrote a note here. The thing I think that has been the most challenging thing for me was trusting the reality that humans learn and grow without constant intervention and prodding. I think I just somehow had that ingrained in me Mm -hmm. that to be a good and compassionate and worthwhile and productive human, someone, a coach, a teacher, a parent, someone will need to be prodding, 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 pushing, 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 directing, directing, directing. And that never did quite feel right. It certainly never really felt right to me, but I still sort of somewhere was like, well, I guess that's what you do. And so trusting that you kind of just move out of the way humans naturally learn wildly isn't that amazing almost like when you plant a seed it just grows (laughs) i know it's incredible i i love that i love that insight because i know you think that we just we we think little kids as they grow they need to be told and shown what you know a good person does and and how to learn how to be a human being right yet mm-hmm. when you can manage to for a little while just take that leap of trust and step back a bit as in step back from the control it doesn't mean step back from engaging right you're still with them you're still right. living them you're still helping them do stuff all that kind of stuff but watching instead what their choices are instead of telling them what to choose the the whole i mean yeah it's mind blowing isn't it really to watch it them it and to see how mm-hmm. considerate and thoughtful you know they grow to be because they're learning in the moment like they learn like breathing oh one of my favorite quotes is you know they that i'm going to mess it up i'll share it in the show notes but really it's that two unschooling kids learning is like breathing they don't even know they're doing it. it's just what they naturally do right yes Right. There's not a now is when we're learning and now is when we're not learning. And you can't even ask them often to observe, like, what are you learning now? Uh, And they can't really answer that. They're just busy doing something, right? They're just naturally plunging it in. Yeah, exactly. They're living right there. Yeah. um, That's been, that has been the probably, I don't know if this really ties in the question, but that's probably been the most beautiful part of this. Um, And for me, because as a you know 47 year old i have had to constantly uh, habitually um c- overcome self doubt and like dig myself out of a pit to take us a herculean effort to get myself out of a pit of oh i wonder if i can but i think about how i was conditioned as a child and as a young person growing up always sort of having to look outward for direction yeah. 
as opposed to what I hope I've helped foster for my children and that they can, they can look inward. They can always follow their own compass. I think I might've gotten some of that language from, from you all at the, at the unschooling summit, the idea, I don't know who said it, but it stuck with me and I'm probably misquoting it as well, Mm -hmm. but something about having your own true North, like following, maybe it was, maybe it was Anne Mm -hmm. who said it. I don't know. But having your own true North and following that compass and always knowing to come home to that. And that trust, right? To, to trust themselves because, (laughs) because for years now we've supported and helped them as they are, you know, we help them identify what they're feeling as like a true north. What do you want to do? That's practice in, in listening to yourself, right? And, and figuring out what that internal, um, messaging or, or whatever, you know, the internal feeling is I want to do this. I want to try that. And by being able to try that and seeing what happens and learning from that and adjusting and tweaking your direction. I mean, Think of all the experience over the years they have of doing that and that they, through that, they just learn to trust what they're feeling, even if it doesn't mesh well, maybe with the messages around them. Mm. But, but they've got practice talking through that too, right? Because we've talked about so much. Yes, you have practice, practice, practice. They they stretch and use that muscle. It doesn't become atrophied, their, their muscle of knowing who they are and how to be constantly listening to themselves. Oh, yeah. I love that. So let's jump into the teen years because <laughs> that's an amazing I love time, teens. Isn't it? I love the teen years. <laughs> I love teens. Yay. So what's been your favorite thing about your relationship with your teens and how, how do you find you fostered that? Um, I love teens. I, I, they're, I just, you know, I sometimes will remind my, younger mom friends, I'll just say, you know how you feel just so excited about how plump and convivial and jovial and red-cheeked your little sweet tiny people are? It doesn't go away. And that those same feelings of awe and wonder and excitement about who they are and what they're doing, um, it, it just, doesn't. it continues. <laughs> As they as they get older, it's just so much fun. And I think the reason why I have such a great relationship with them now is because even though I didn't have the language to know, and I'm I'm not, I didn't know I was unschooling, and I didn't know that I want, I didn't know that I wanted them to have their un their 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 compass unfettered by others. I maybe wouldn't have been able to say that. I didn't know that, you know. Somehow I wanted it for them. And so I guess everything about the way we've hoped that we've, and I'm sure we've made plenty of mistakes, but everything about the way we've chosen to order our lives has been about this moment now where they are young adults starting to leave just home and go out to more fully become who they are. Um, I feel like you set a groundwork for that because you've always accepted them for who they are and not forced them to be a mini me or, or, and, or wanted them to just be a show pony. I sometimes, <laughs> I have, you know, um, and I fall into that sometimes. So your kids are beautiful and talented and it would be lovely to be like, well, look at my prize, but yeah. they must be who they are. So um, I just, I love them. I love laughing with them. Um, 
we have a pretty ruckus sense of humor around or that we just we're always laughing there's a there's a lot of joking um some of it is a little caustic at times, but it's all in good fun because we trust one another. There's just a lot of joking and laughter. Um, what I love about them too is all of the varied interests they have, which I think is one of the other beautiful things about not insisting that they just become an extension of you. Mm-hmm. If they were just an extension of me, we would only love the things that I love more fully, maybe. But my kids have interests that I actually wasn't really all that I wouldn't have been interested in. I wouldn't have chosen to take up on my own. So now my world has expanded crazily because of all of the things that they're interested in. And then, well, I guess you're interested in it. Now we have to, okay, well, let's figure out how to facilitate this for you. And suddenly, you know, my world goes from being tiny to huge. Which I love. Um, Realize how tiny our world was before, do we? Oh my gosh! No, (laughs) no. And I, I, I wrote down this because this is what always comes to mind. That myth as a parent, there's sort of like this myth I think in our culture that we will teach them. Mm -hmm. There's this overarching, overarching cultural sort of, you will be the teacher and they will learn from you. And I kind of laugh at that. That is not really. Yes, they've learned. road safety and the burner is hot and um you know they've learned basics from me but like the bigger things i really feel like the opposite is true these fascinating small humans now growing into larger humans have come specifically to teach me i so agree with that i like i have that same mindset because even in um i i wrote the unschooling journey book and literally you know the section on guides on your journey my kids you know instead of being the older mentor people who've like been through the yeah. journey before my my gandalf was my children <laughs> you know? yes. because yes they've come in to the world and they're not so um beaten down or conformed to the 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 boxes yet you know what I yeah. mean? So Very much. To, yeah, to be able to see them. And I just learned so much from seeing the way they engage with the world and how, you know, they could be totally frustrated about something and 10 minutes later working their butt off to try it again and try it again, you know, because I totally learned through school that being um, wrong or getting something that isn't working for me is, is bad. Right. And I would just mm-hmm. be embarrassed and I'd be like, okay, that's not for me. And I go find something else that I'm good at or, you know, that I can learn. I'm just too embarrassed often when things don't come easily. Yet looking at them taught me so much about, hey, if I want something or I'm interested in something that has value for me and it's worth the energy and the persistence to keep trying. That's not a bad thing because I was like, oh, I can't judge you for that. Look at you. Keep them going and keep them going. That's awesome. I'm like, Oh, I guess maybe I should be doing that too. You're right though. I mean, you're right. Like I'm, I'm assuming maybe we both had pretty traditional public school yeah. upbringing yep. and I, I don't have any beef with it. I survived it. Yeah. yeah. But what you, what you describe there is true. I sort of would, um, the embarrassment or the shame of not being immediately good at something, I think, unfortunately, led me to pursue only those things that came more easily to me. Mm-hmm. And I see now in adult life that some of the things 
that presented me with challenges as a younger person. I'm wildly fascinated by now still, but they just didn't come easily. So I, I let them go. Oh, and before I forget, um, the other thing that I love about my teens is I actually really think we're friends. I really believe that we are friends. And I know, again, sometimes in our culture, there's that sense, well, you shouldn't be friends with your kids. You need to be the parent and parents. And I, I get that. I mean, I, I grew up with parents who loved me. I have no question about that. Mm-hmm. But they were, they were definitely parents. And they sort of, you know, parents are parents, friends are friends. I actually think that if you, if you lay the foundation, you can be friends. I feel oh, like we have a very friendly. I mean, a friend I think is someone who loves and supports and encourages you and wants really great things for you. I that's how and um I think my kids get excited for me when I overcome a challenge. You know, they're happy for me, I'm happy for them. We um we enjoy spending time together. What greater thing is there than when your kid says, "Hey, do you want to go to the movies with me?" Yeah. Or, "Hey, yeah. let's go do Let's go do something together. That's awesome. So I, um, I think that's one of my favorite things about this particular age too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they do. They're, they make wonderful friends. And yeah, I, I understand where that, you know, mainstream thought is coming from because, but the way they're seeing friends as, as somebody who just, um, you know, blindly agrees. You know, and I think it's just like whatever, whatever, um, or 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 they see friends as people who are going to encourage you to do off the wall things or something. But that's or dangerous so, behaviors, maybe. Yeah, exactly. But that's that's so not a friend. Not the person they are, right? <laughs> right, and that's not a friend anyway. I mean, yeah. if a friend is encouraging you to do something hurtful to yourself or others, that's not really a friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, they're, they're talking very, very stereotypical as a friendship because you know what? Also, I think you probably found this too. Your children, um, as they develop, um, friends in, um, their age range more so, right. Or, or through their interests, et cetera, et cetera. They're not making or keeping friends longer term, with people who are like that, you know what I mean? With people who are very flippant, with people who are just encouraging um, bad behavior, whatever, you know, how you judge that. But it's whatever's comfortable for them. They're not going to keep a friend who makes them feel uncomfortable. And as we were talking right. about before, they're solid inside themselves, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. They already know. They Right. They already really know who they are. And I... and. I think they want that for other people. They want other the people in their friend circle to also feel comfortable and confident with who they are, and those are who they they seek out. Yeah, and yeah. then they help each other through those challenges right. the same way we help them. And you know, and it because like their friends become great friends for us too, kind of, don't they? They do. They <laughs> do. I think this kind of, um, and I don't know, this might not be in here somewhere, but I feel like unschooling sort of not sort of, it creates a very compassionate, it's a very compassionate way to live mm-hmm. um, because you're honoring yourself. Um, there's not shame involved with things that you like as some things having a hierarchy of, well, this is way more valuable than this or does that make sense? Yes. No. Um, and so there's a compassion. And I think because my children haven't been judged um, and have been 
given license to make choices that that agree with who they are, I think then they want that for other people too. I just feel like it's a compassionate worldview actually yes. at the heart of it. Yep. At oh, the heart oh. of it. I feel like it's, I feel like it actually has, <laughs> maybe when someone hears the term unschooling at first, they're really just thinking of it as school building versus doing a slightly less regimented thing at home. And mm-hmm. on its surface, I suppose that's what it is. But now that I've, now that I have, older children and I'm ooh, a whole whopping three years into an official <laughs> schooling. Um, I just see it really as a fostering of a compassionate lifestyle. That's so fun, Joan. You know, when I wrote the unschooling journey, um, the words that I came, that came to me as like the ultimate um, kind of ending, not ending at all because the journey keeps going. But, you know, once you've been through the, the bulk of it, compassion and grace. Those seem to be the two things that I discovered in the foundation of it all that were the most important things just for living our lives moving forward, right? It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, We've been talking about interests and passions a little bit and and even talked about um, when things don't (laughs) go smoothly, right? So Mm. I I just thought maybe you might be able to talk about a time when maybe something like that happened for you guys and how you, how you approach those more challenging times. Um, Yeah. I'm just looking through my notes here. Sure. Yeah. Of course we've had some challenging times. Um, Although I would have to say that maybe our challenges are seem relatively benign. I, I mean, I, I will say we ha- we've had a pretty sweet life. Oh, things, we haven't had any major, we haven't had any major obstacles. So our obstacles or are, are, are challenges are maybe a little smaller. Um, I'm thinking again, and I think your summit was just, it empowered me. It gave me the language. It gave me, it allowed me to see, hey, other people are sort of thinking as you are thinking and it will be okay. For example, my kids are all, have been beautiful musicians. I taught them all how to play the piano, um, which was fun. And uh, then they were even in, in our, uh, in band uh, with our local public school. They were in band. Uh, My daughter, beautiful flautist. um, My second son, trumpet magnificent and my youngest son eh, he dabbled in the clarinet he didn't dig it but they were all really proficient like it all came supernaturally to them mm-hmm. and um, I come from a relatively musical family and this is one of those places where it's really hard to it was a little more challenging for me to say uh, but they they did it for as long as they wanted to do it and then one day each at different times they're like it was fascinating my daughter came to me and said Mom, somebody asked me to tell them a little something about myself, and nowhere in the telling them of, about who I am and what I enjoy did I mention playing the flute. Like, that didn't even come into it. Yeah. And she was a little bit struggling for how she wanted to best use her time, and if she liked interrupting some of the activities she really enjoyed to actually leave the home, leave the bunnies, leave the bees, leave the stuff, and go to the physical school to take this band thing. Mm-hmm. And she's in that moment just was like, you know what? I don't even define myself like this. I'm going to let it go. And so she did. I don't know, but maybe this isn't what yeah. you're really asking. No, no. But, and then and what's, what's, what's the challenging part of that? Well, it wasn't really a challenge. You know, she, I, she has a good sense of who she is and I honored that. She, mm-hmm. 
um, did, she must have learned whatever she needed to learn from, learn about it. She mm-hmm. learned that and then she learned that it doesn't really mesh or align with who she was. And so she lets that go. She's not a quitter. She's not a, yeah. not, oh, using her potential. She's now using that time and her potential for something else that speaks to her. Um, same with Sam and same with my son, Isaac. Um, they just kind of released I guess they were ready <laughs> they released it you know I had I had read somewhere that when something really speaks to you you never have to say hey did you go practice your trumpet like, mm-hmm. you would never have to say that if it's truly like if they want to blow into that trumpet you can't keep it out of their hands so why am I insisting <laughs> that yeah. you do this thing and I, then I'm imposing my will upon you sort of mm-hmm. sort of but I am so anyway mm-hmm. those were sort of challenges um the kids have been involved in all kinds of things like that where um, I guess, again, just because of the foundation of how we've chosen to order our family, it could have maybe been a big challenge in another scenario, but we so, we just were supportive of them following what they want to do. And it's not like they just suddenly are lazing around, you know, graffitiing businesses. And you know what I mean? Like the idea yeah, yeah. that if you're not always instructing them, Keeping them busy. Here, keeping them busy that they're somehow now being, um, I don't, I can't think of the word, but I know, right. It's not in our language. <laughs> it's not in my language. So, um, I, I guess maybe that doesn't answer it, but I mean, certainly if the kids struggle with anything, I mean, we're always there. Um, just because I was joking with someone that I would one day like to write a book <laughs> with the title looks like nothing. Because I'm sure to the outsider, sometimes my mothering style looks like nothing. Like, oh gosh, Joan's not, Joan's not doing a dang thing. Like, look at her. Like, she's not doing anything. But I mean, I am. I'm always available when the kids need to use me as a sounding board or when they need a hug, when they need to shed a tear, when we need to say, dad and I are always here. This this too shall pass water. Mm-hmm. So it's... um. I really yeah. love that because it's so true, right? It it looks like that. And you know what? When they were a bit younger too, I remember um, when my son, um, he started karate and after a couple of years, he really enjoyed it. And so he was going often, right? And he was getting very skilled. And, and then um, parents would hear that we homeschooled right? And they would be like, when you're talking about practice, they'd be trying to get their kid to practice and they'd be coming up to me and they'd be saying, how do you get into practice? How did he get so good? You know, all that kind of stuff is they thought that, especially since he didn't go to school, that I was like even more controlling, right? Mm. That I was getting him to practice that I was right. doing all this stuff. But really, if they saw, they would see and then at other times when they see him making like conversations would come up and and I'd be there and he'd be there and a parent would be asking me something that's about Michael and I'd be like hey Mike you know he's right here we'll ask and talk to him and then they're like oh I thought I was supposed to ask you about this stuff you know and there's like what does she do she's not involved at all you know just over the years, different phases, but yeah, the impression was either I was super controlling or I was doing nothing because they're not there inside. And they can't be, of course, like there's nothing wrong with those impressions. Those are just, huh, what we do, this is what it looks like from the outside. 
when they just see um, us out in the world. Mm-hmm. It's not, they can't see all the conversations. They can't see all the, the support, like not even, they don't even have to be long drawn out conversations unless, you know, something comes up, but being there and being supportive and, you know, that hug here that, you know, that little pick me up, whatever, they don't see all that stuff that happens kind of behind the scenes inside the family, do they? No, no. What you said about your, um, about your son, with yeah. uh, martial martial arts, that's so interesting because um, our children have all done martial arts. Some of them have wanted to continue and been very successful. Others of them, it came so naturally. They were very successful, really naturally with little effort. Yeah. And for others, for then it required a lot of effort. But that's interesting that you said that because people always perceive the outside perception is that I'm yeah. forcing some sort of control, some sort of practice regimen or something where it's not at all. And the other thing, when you mentioned that, that I've noticed this, one of the most striking things when we're interacting with things that require registrations or things that require some sort of parental involvement yeah. is that we actually try to, as often as possible, have the kids do that, make those decisions, do those choices, make those connections on their own. Yeah. Because they are their own person. I'm not them. They're, they are they, they are who they are. And people find that really weird. They do. I, That's they, one, they, this tournament's coming up. Are you, um, is Michael going? And they're asking me and, and I'm like, mm, I don't know. Well, you have to ask Michael. He <laughs> comes out of the change room and I'll ask him if we're going. <laughs> yes. Right. Those decisions aren't really up to me. That's, mm-hmm. well, I don't, if you'd like to know that, you probably need to go ask. Because he's, that's and the it's just, one. The logistics that I'm involved with comes after whether I know he even wants to go to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So when he says yes, then we're going to do our then best. Then I make it happen. But yeah, then right. if something comes up, I'm going to say something. But still, we work on that together to figure out a way, right? Yeah. yeah. I always just felt that was just the way you interact with other humans. Like, yeah. um, like I wouldn't be making decisions for another adult. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I wouldn't dictate another adult's schedule or training schedule or preference yep. schedule, but somehow there's the idea that you definitely should do that. Should there should again, you definitely yeah. should do that when they're your child. I know. And, and you see it too. There's parents that want their children to compete and they're like, no, you're going even when they're saying, I don't want to go or, you know, so it's there. So you, you can certainly see where it comes from, but oh my goodness, you know I have so much fun just saying, let's ask Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, this might, maybe you want me to wait to talk to another question down below but as you're mentioning this do you mind yeah, if i interject no, yeah, something that might be now. between our later we questions you forget later <laughs> um so this has been this has just been a very recent learning um curve for me my middle son is a very naturally talented athlete mm-hmm. and um he was involved all the logistics, we live in a really, really rural area to be able to get to a place to train for swimming yeah. is a challenge. Um, and so he was traveling. Oh, he has an apprenticeship every day, which is another thing that's really fun when you, when you unschool, you can do other cool stuff. But anyway, he was taking himself from his apprenticeship to his training 
And this was only his second year to do it. And um, last year was his first year to do it and he was district champion. And I don't, I, I don't say that like he's my show pony. I just say it more like it was a spectacular achievement for a kid who just sort of tried, was like, I think, yeah, I'm going to go try this out. And then was so naturally, whatever. This year, he's going through it. Some things changed. Lots of things changed. And like in December, he just came home from a swim meet and was just, mom, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And my response, so in my mind, so 90, 95% of me is like really on board with him following his heart. But I will admit that there's this like 5% part that's like worried that, oh, you're letting this magnificent opportunity to go or, oh, this is your potential. Shouldn't you? Yeah. So all I said was, why don't you, you know, sleep on it? And then whatever, whatever you decide to do, we'll do just you know, sleep on it. You're clearly, uh, you know, he's 18. You're clearly a guy who makes, you know, you get yourself to and from work, you build computers all the time. Um, and I said, you know, if this isn't the thing I'm going to sit in a stand and cheer for you about, then whatever the next thing is that you decide to take on, I can't wait to cheer you on in that, whatever that next thing is. And as the weekend, he, he, he slept on a couple of days and then he decided he didn't want to do it. The long story of that is that other people might gasp and say, you had a kid and you had a kid who could have been a state champion, but if he doesn't want to do it, what does it matter? Yeah. Like, what's it for? is it because I want, or whatever, and I state champion or whatever, whatever the thing is, um, I realized that that little 5% of me that was like, oh, is still the me who wants to be able to show pony my kid to some degree. Like, yeah. He had already learned whatever he needed to from the experience of competitive swimming. He'd already gotten out of it what he wanted. And I I guess for my husband and I to say, hey, you need to keep doing something that isn't still speaking to you. Like Mm -hmm. what kind of message does that send to growing humans that, that another human gets to tell you what makes the most sense for you? Yeah. Is that too is that too weird? Is that too heady? I don't know. Maybe that's just no, too weird. But that's, that's been my, my most recent Emma. Yeah. That's been Revelation. my most recent like yeah, yeah. And actually what it was, it was no big deal for my son. Yep. He like happily went on. He carried on life. And for me, I still had that little bit like oh, did we do the right thing? Isn't that weird how how my conditioning from wherever still had its tentacles in about aren't you supposed to? But Yeah. Anyway. Well, and that's the thing too, you know, we're going to discover all those little pockets. You know, it doesn't mean we're bad people or bad, whatever, you know, it's what's important is the work. And, you know, as we're thinking through it, we discover that little, it's like, Hey, there's that little bit of me that's feeling this, you know, it's not meant for us to feel bad, but it's a part of us to yeah. Process, right? It's a clue. It's, yes, it's, huh, I have a little bit of work to do here around that. I have a little bit more work to do around that. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I love that. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But yeah, I do. It's And I think, again, coming back to some of the earlier questions, this is one of the most profound and unexpected gifts of unschooling that has occurred are the places that I feel some tension and then I need to, I want to, and I don't need to, I want to figure out what is the, what is that and why, where did that come from Mm -hmm. and how do I let it go? Oh yeah. Those little, those little, um, 
bubbling moments of discomfort when you just notice something <laughs> feels a little bit off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I figure those are going to be bubbling up all my life. They're so <laughs> I think so. But I isn't that great? Human. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of, once you just start welcoming them, instead of seeing them as a, here's another thing I have to learn or work on. I, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next layer of the onion? I get to peel off and discover something new. Yeah. You know, sometimes. Yeah. Like, like in Shrek. When I'm, yeah, yeah. When I'm like totally stuck in there at first and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, it's another one or I don't know how I'm going to find my way through this one. I love like kind of thinking just three months down the road. It's like, you know, three months down the road, I'm going to have this all figured out. I wonder what it's going to be. That's how I can get myself shifted to the curiosity, which helps me Mm. dig into it rather than the initial grr, 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 something's up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (coughs) And I just wanted to say, um, you, you made a point earlier about your son and how it wasn't a big deal. He had picked up what he needed to pick up from that right? Irregardless mm-hmm. of how conventionally successful he was at it and, yes. and is finding the next thing. I'll always remember something that um, it was a comment from my daughter. Um, so she was quite successfully successful conventionally as a photographer, younger. And somebody asked her when they found out that she was unschooled so that she had spent a lot of her teen years um, just really immersed in photography, right? And so the person said, um, you know, that, well, now you're going to be a photographer as a career for your life, right? Because that's all she learned (laughs) growing up. And she said, you know what? Um, I love photography right now and I may keep doing it, but if I lose interest in that, I know there'll be something else that interests me later. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. (laughs) That is it. You don't identify persons. You don't wrap up your identity in something that you do. Yes. Right? It's They are still themselves, and there are things they love doing, and those might change over the years. And isn't that such a compassionate way to see yourself? Yes. I mean, you know, that's just a really compassionate loving way to just view yourself on as you voyage on. I th- that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can. And you, I think your children are a little bit older, older? Yeah, than yeah. mine. They're, they're all in their 20s now. Yeah. So it's, it's really fun to hear you say those <laughs> things, you know, that for you yeah. to share those things because, man, those are great gifts. You know, those are great gifts that you fostered for them. Yeah, and, and I love seeing the connection because I see those. That's one of the things I love doing about the podcast, right? I get to talk to other people who are fostering the same kind of, you know, lifestyle, the same kind of respect and love and truth and compassion and grace with their families and with their children. So I love mm-hmm. hearing that. <laughs> okay, so we should probably move on to the next question. Okay, okay, okay. What do you appreciate most about having embraced unschooling? Although we probably touched. But I wrote it down in my notes. Right. I wrote down three. I wrote down. Tell me I'm, I'm going to write down a fourth word now. Okay. Agency. Agency. That my children have a, like agency of themselves. Yeah. Autonomy, peace, and compassion. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. 
Nailed them. Um, it's it's the lifestyle, right? It comes back it is the to lifestyle. how we choose to to live together. It's just I sometimes liken it to um to stepping off of a treadmill. And when you step off, things slow down and then you're at your own pace mm-hmm. and you can you absorb that which calls to you as opposed to just what's coming on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. I don't even sometimes I don't even know you know, I'm not a particularly, I'm not a particularly radical or crazy or outlandish individual. I'm not, I'm not really that unusual, I don't think. And so when I sometimes try to explain this, what I appreciate about unschooling, if someone were to ask me who's not doing it, it's sometimes difficult for me to even find language that resonates. Yeah. Um, is it but so to meet them where they are? Because, you know, if you say you're, you're unschooling your kids. So in their mind, where they are is all about what they're learning, right? And yet we come up with agency and peace and compassion, you know, and autonomy. It's like, what on earth does that have to do with how they're learning? <laughs> how are they going to take the SAT and get into a really good college? <laughs> right, right. Wow. I mean, I we think can see it. Help them. We we it. know, but it's it like you said. It's not the language. Like we have to really back up to me. It's it's the unschooling journey to get from mm-hmm. where this is how they're going to learn stuff instead of going to school to where we end up. Like for me, that's how I see the unschooling journey, and it's not something you can just explain somebody to understand in in a couple of minutes right like you said there's a whole a whole new language words that we use like when you say peace to them they have a very different picture i imagine most people do than than how we call it that's how it's so hard for them to see how they're related but it's a words have a whole new meaning as you go through the journey don't they yes they do they do yeah Yeah. i love that um (laughs) Okay, so we did talk a little bit um, about the karate, and I know you're very passionate about um, sports and just physicality, um, and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you found that weaving into your unschooling days, kind of like your music story that you had before. Oh, um, (laughs) so I'm the kind well, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I think what's fun, I I guess what's fun is, um, like, I love doing (laughs) push-ups, And so I do push-ups in my kitchen and I do push-ups a lot of places because part of my training mantra is that you don't need a gym, you don't need a sexy space. Wherever you are, you have your body. That's yeah. enough. Um, yeah. Maybe I liked, Maybe I'm unschooling even from the standard f- fitness model yeah, um, exactly. to some yeah. degree. So what's kind of cool is that without ever telling my children, you have to do push-ups, you have to run, you have to blah, blah, blah. You can kind of see like, if you model something and they see value in it, they'll do it too. So, or if, I guess if they don't see value in it, they don't. But um, I don't know if that's what you're asking me. But um, yeah, we're kind of, we're an active family. We like to be outside. We like to hike. We like to canoe. Um, we like to bike. We do some, we're, you know, haphazard triathletes. And so the kids have joined us sometimes when they're interested and, you know, if they if they'd rather spend their summer doing something else with their friends, it's not like we're saying you need to get out and triathlon train. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the invitation is always there for them to join us. Mm-hmm. I guess, 
I guess I treat the, the, the fitness part of it like I, like I would any other friend. I'm not going to force my friend to come with me on a hike because um, then that's not really joyful. <laughs> now I've just forced you to do something you don't want to do. So I, again, I might not be answering this question. Well, it seems to hope, me like you're but, um, sharing your passion. You're living your, pa- your, yeah. your passion for um, fitness. And like you said, almost in an, in an unschooly way in that. Yeah. I mean, it's just an interest. It's something you love. So you're doing it right. And you're doing it wherever it happens to work for you and you're enjoying it. You're enjoying it in front of them and you're inviting them along. Boom. Right. right? It is sort of an unschooly sort of approach to fitness too. Yeah. 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 I just, we invite them. Yeah. We invite them into stuff we like and Boy, it's a joy when they want to join us. And then if they don't, they'll invite us to do something that we hadn't thought about doing in in their world, you know? Yeah, exactly. And and there's the, the part that we don't have or the part sometimes we need to work and process through is that expectation piece, right? Expecting yes. them to do with us things that we like to do, right? It's part right. of that de-schooling and learning how individual we all are as people, Right. And on and honoring that. I mean, yeah. I think that's just, I think I always, of course, I always wanted to honor people for who they are and their differences and their likes or dislikes and preferences. Mm-hmm. Being a mom, being a mother and, and then adopting or having, or having this beautiful light of unschooling shine down. I don't even know how, it's not like I chose it. You know, it's, it just, I don't even know how I just stumbled across it, Yeah, but it makes so much sense. But then you just want that for everyone around you. You just want everyone around you to be joyful and you feel compassion for them. And yeah, just, I guess, want, isn't it want so- them to come on hikes with you? But yeah. <laughs> what was that? I was just gonna say, it's just <laughs> so exciting to see, um, well, people in general and definitely younger, you know, kids, teens, young adults, doing things that they love doing. Like I get goosebumps. It doesn't really matter what it is they're doing, but when you can see them so excited or engaged in it, like so in the flow of the moment of whatever it is, that's an exciting part, isn't it? It is. My young son has completely taught himself how to front flip, back flip, side flip. Um, He's all about parkour moves. He's completely taught himself everything. Uh, I never said, you know what, you really need to learn how to flip. May flipping would make you a better person. He just wanted to do it, and it's impossible to get him to stop. There's no stopping him. <laughs> you know, he's going to flip off of everything, and um, and so rather than being, rather than ever planting a seed of doubt, I don't. I just, I hope, I I trust that he knows what he's doing. I mean, I'm not letting him flip off of roofs and stuff. I mean, I'm. I'm still a sentient My child human being. Flips off roofs. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I said, perhaps when he gets that, what was that? You have a low room. But you know what I'm saying? Yes, like, no, uh, exactly. One of those things, like, but, if, he, oh. if your child loves it, you can't stop them. And you know what? That, that was something I worked through at the time, right? Um, because he knows his skill level and abilities better than I do. Yes. So something that looks scary to me, you know, he's worked up to that over time. He's given himself a training plan to get to a point where he's comfortable doing whatever it is that he's doing. 
right? And, yeah. you know, I've even told him sometimes when he's doing flips, I'll just kind of look the other way, you know, and, right. but that's all about me for a moment. Right. I mean, you and I, you and I shouldn't go out and flip off of anything right now. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but if, like you said, they've worked up to it. And who am I to second guess their sense of who they are? Because it's you not know, like they want to go injure themselves. No. And they've been making decisions and training and understanding their body intimately up until this point. It's not like they're about, they just threw that all out the window and, hey, I want to go do this right. crazy, dangerous thing that I'm sure I can't Wait, it start, do. It started small and then it just exactly. kept building. It's years and years, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very I love fun. that. <laughs> Now, I know you've started a new business pretty recently. I did. I know. That looks awesome. So I'd love to hear um, what everyone's up to and how your days and lives are, are kind of flowing together, how that business is flowing in with everything. I'm excited to hear how it's going. <laughs> well, um, in case anyone thought I was drinking wine, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> drinking wine through this video. Um, I This is kombucha, and I've been making it for over a decade haphazardly for my family mm -hmm. and um, now in earnest as a legitimate business for the past two years. Yeah. And again, not because I woke up one morning and was like, I make such great kombucha. I should do this as a business. It was <laughs> really, I had given it, that's just not who I am, but I had given it to a friend who had uh, some assorted health issues and he just couldn't say enough great things about how it helped him and et cetera. So um, at his urging, like eight months of urging, <laughs> uh, I, I acquiesced and so started. So anyway, I have this, I have a kombucha business and we now have a commercial kitchen at our home. And what's fascinating is how without even, again, I'm not, there's no force involved. I'm not dictating that my kids do anything, but um, my oldest daughter is my um, order and delivery coordinator. She just says, come into that. She has a beautiful way with people. Um, she engages, she engages people just with such an open joy. Yeah. People love her and it, it suits her so well. And she's thorough. She's, we're learning as we go. We've never been business owners before. I certainly was never in the beverage industry before. So we're learning, but um, she just manages that. I, I mean, I haven't really, di I haven't dictated anything besides some basics, like this is the information I need can you get that to me? And this is the information you need. And so it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, my middle son has an apprenticeship, an IT apprenticeship that he's had for a couple of years. So he, if he were in school, if you were in school, he would be graduating this year. This apprenticeship has been super cool. So he's not as involved, although periodically if, if I have, um, I do home deliveries. So if I have mm -hmm. home deliveries near where his employment is, he takes them and does that. And again, you know what I find fascinating too is people often say, oh, teens don't know how to talk to people and teens don't know how to make change and teens. I mean, people just seem to think teens don't know how to do anything. And they're yeah. awesome. <clears throat> I mean, they waltz into new businesses and ask questions and introduce themselves and have composure and feel very comfortable with who they are. I think probably because since little people, we've helped them Feeling comfortable with who you are is the goal, yeah, right? Yeah, Feeling comfortable yeah. with who you are is the goal. Um, and then my youngest son is here. He helps me tremendously. I mean, he wakes up and he has the, like, the things he likes to, you know, he likes to read or listen to audio books. Um, he has this whole little regimen for like what he likes to do. He sort of sets the tone for his 
day. And then he helps me in the kitchen. He helps me sanitize things and even helps me with some design stuff. He's made a couple of little commercials for me where he's edited video. Um, so everybody has like their little, not so little, I shouldn't, little sounds diminutive. They have their part mm-hmm. and um, they enjoy it. And uh, it works out great. Yeah. And, well, and maybe, I, maybe I couldn't have done this when they were teeny. That mm-hmm. would have been a lot. But given their ages now, man, they are just ridiculous help. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ridiculous in a good way help. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, my kids have, have also, you know, come at certain times and things that, that they're interested in and been so super helpful. So it's oh. so fun, you know, and, and again, like without the, you know, draconian direction and without the, <clears throat> the expectation, but they always seem to, you know, over deliver, <laughs> you yeah. know, when it's, it's something that they're interested in doing, Hey, we want to help out. Uh, I'd like to do something like this. You know, they've helped me from, from advertising to editing to, you know, social media to, you know. It, it's just so fun. It's fun to see how it weaves in, right? It does. How it kind it's of very flows, flows with it us. It does. Yeah. And I, I love, too, that um, they're not abashed in sharing ideas. They're not abashed at giving me feedback. Yeah. You know, they're not <clears throat> afraid to say, I don't, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Or that, that doesn't work so well. I mean, they're very confident in being able to articulate a, 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 what they think is a better idea mm-hmm. or a, more efficient idea. I love that. Yeah, no, exactly. Because you can take that, that trust and relationship that you already have that's open, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they can say, hey, you know, mom, like, what about, what about this? What if you did it this way? Or, you know, and, and they're totally okay with saying, yeah, you, this, this needs some more work or, you know, whatever it is. It's so nice to have relationships that are at that point where there's not all sorts of other layers of subtext in there that you have right. to navigate to really Precisely. understand what and, and the, the other thing too is, you know, this business I'm learning, they're learning, they're learning maybe um, peripherally, you know, mm-hmm. there's stuff that I'm really learning, but for them to see how businesses get started, the ups and downs of it. I mean, I often think, starting a business is something everyone should be encouraged to try or doing something that requires you to put yourself out there and develop a different skill set. It's, it's really wild. It makes you grow. It makes you grow so fully. And so, I mean that, I mean, well, you know, I'm sure with your variety of pursuits for the kids to, yes, but I mean, and business matters so much. And yet normally for the, for most teens, you know, you don't ever see that until maybe you hit a college class where maybe you get to read about business or you get to read about marketing, but you don't ever get to ever see it or apply it or even be part of it until maybe you're 22. Yeah. I I don't know. I I hope that this, I hope that this, and I hope that this maybe will, if they, if they have an entrepreneurial spirit at all, inspires them to try something. Um, Because certainly, you know, I'm not the best or the most well-read or the you know, there's nothing like that's in my resume that says, oh, she'll be a wild success, but that shouldn't stop you. And it doesn't need to stop you 
No. So no, hopefully they'll see they're that. Just, they're seeing, we're, we're learning again, right? They're seeing us learning. Mm-hmm. I'm sharing like. We're learning together. That, yeah. That I'm learning and, and they're, they're commenting, they're noticing, or they may be getting involved in different aspects over time. You know, it's, it is like I have discovered that it's yet another growth journey. You know, I, I talked about how the unschooling journey doesn't really end, right? I think there there are growth journeys for us in all the areas that we choose to participate. You know, if you get mm-hmm. really into physical fitness, there is a journey in there as well. We're, because on these journeys, when we're learning about something that we're passionate about, we're also learning so much about ourselves mm-hmm. as we dive into it, right? So everything that we dive into passionately is also a learning journey about ourselves and, and who we are. And, and wow, that's, it's so fascinating and interesting. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Joan, for taking the time I'm to speak with me today. It was so much fun. I really appreciate it. I, I really appreciate you asking me. It was really joyful to speak with someone else who who gets excited and who maybe understands the language. I don't often get to have these sorts of chats with people. So it was really nourish. It was really nourishing to be able to be excited about what I do and what we do, what we've created. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad you enjoyed it too. It was spectacular. And before we go, let's let people know where they can get in touch with you online and your kombucha company and maybe people local to you. (laughs) Oh, well. That's very sweet. Um, uh, yeah, my, I mean, my business name, if you, do you want me to give you my business sure. name? Okay. Okay. So it's Mount Nittany Kombucha and I'm in central Pennsylvania and Nittany Mountain is a big deal here. Um, it's spelled N-I-T-A-N-E-E. So Mount Nittany Kombucha. Um, and I mean, you can give, I mean, if somebody wanted to be in touch with me for that, um, we have a website. Um, mountainitneykombucha.com but um, if somebody just wanted to chat with me about unschooling or taking hikes or doing push-ups <laughs> I don't know um, yeah. I don't know if you want you, I mean somebody you could email me if you wanted and you could provide that if you want my email oh. I don't I don't know I mean however if somebody would like to be in touch with me that would always be fun to make a new connection yeah no that's awesome thanks so much Joan <laughs> I've had Thank a great day you. Really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. That's awesome. Have a great thank day. For hate. And thank you so much. And thank you for doing that unschooling summit. That changed my life and my oh. family's life. Wow. I will forever love I will forever love you all for having done that. Thank you so much. We had so much fun with you guys that weekend. Bye. Yeah, we did. All right, bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to check out the second book in my Living Joyfully with Unschooling series, Free to Live, Create a Thriving Unschooling Home. In it, I dive into the four characteristics that I found helped unschooling flourish in our home. Curiosity, patience, strong relationships, and trust. One reviewer wrote, Really enjoyed this short and sweet book. It has marvelous one-liners, and though I'm not an underliner, I found myself underlining on every page. Another said, I believe it would benefit any homeschooler or parent to read this book as it re-emphasizes the importance of the relationship between a parent and a child in the learning process. I plan to reread this book. It is rich and full of gems. Give yourself some time to absorb it before rushing into unschooling. 
Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.